today's podcast episode, I talked to Calvin Martin. And it was maybe one of the most funny podcast episodes that I recorded. But at the same time, it had its heavy moments. It had times when you could really understand why some things are important to him. And you can really understand, like, why he is the way he is. And he's a good dude. And so I encourage you to listen to this one and share it with a friend. And make sure you listen to his challenge at the end of the episode because I think it's really important. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 129 and I am joined by the one and only Calvin Martin. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, bro. I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, no problem. Um, we were both sharing our, our coffee. How do you take your coffee? What what do you do for coffee for you? Or was that even coffee, am I assuming? Oh, no, it's definitely coffee. Um, so I'll go, I was going black for a while, and that was before the pandemic. Um, and then I realized if, if I don't have any creamer in my coffee, I'm pretty miserable human being. So I go I go with a with a little splash of French vanilla, a little splash. Love it. Love it. I, for myself, I like cookies. So in order to eat cookies, I have to have black coffee. That's just the way the world has, uh, has gone for me. <laughs> so right, right. No doubt. if I was to introduce you to my guests, I need you to do the introduction and basically pretend you're at like, uh, like a business mixer event. How would you introduce yourself in a way that nobody would forget who you are? Like it has to be memorable. It has to invoke some of your personality to these people, but it also has to tell you from a a professional side. Wow. That's a fantastic question. Um, So I guess I would start off by saying, you know, my name is Calvin Martin. Uh, I've been a fitness professional for over seven years. I've been an active member in my community, uh, standing up for local youth for the past five years. And my main purpose on earth is to find the inner confidence and the inner abilities that we all have in each individual that I meet. And my goal is to help them reach that potential. And in the process, I'm going to help myself because everybody learns something from each other. So let me help you so you can help me. Then I throw up a do sign like that and I just drop the mic and I'm out. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, what was your first job in the fitness industry? Like, what were you doing? What was life like? How old were you? Tell me the tell me the story. First job in fitness. Wow, you, you're making me go back. So I'm going to say it was, I started off my career, I was 23. And I was a personal trainer at the Equinox on Park Avenue. Um, I didn't have much experienced training clients. I was just someone who worked out a lot. Um, I picked it up as a hobby. I got involved into some modeling and the modeling kind of started to accelerate a little bit. 
and I wanted to position myself in New York City. And the way that I did that is I had a friend who was a personal trainer, a very good personal trainer at the Equinox uh, at Park Ave. So he was able to to get me in. And that's kind of how my, my coaching career kicked off almost 10 years ago. What was life like then for you? Like, were you, uh, were you just getting by? Were you doing multiple jobs? Like, paint the picture. Uh, the picture is kind of crazy. Um, so at that point, you know, to be honest, and, you know, we're on, we're on this podcast, and I feel like, you know, you can kind of just speak freely. I was, I was at a pretty low point in my life. I had a lot of things going on with my family. Um, I had lost members of my family consecutive months. And I reflect on that time period, and it probably wasn't the best time to move to New York City. Um, but I was just wanting to get away. So I chose to, to just take the first, the first train that I could. Um, and for me, it was like, it was almost like my college experience. Like I, I went to a community college. I never finished. Um, so I, I never really lived away from home. So when I chose to move to New York at that time, like the, the situation with my family, the hurt, the pain was still involved but I just needed to get out, so I didn't give I didn't give the uh, the attention, the energy to to coaching the way that I wanted to in my first time. Um, but we all learn from our mistakes, so I ended up I ended up going out there just to kind of to get away. Um, but yeah, essentially that that was the the overall the gist of of how it went. Well, I mean, I think it's very very important to significant signify the fact that we all have to like fall down like we're all gonna fall down in our life we're all gonna have things that uh, knock us on our butt i mean we're going through a pandemic yeah. there's crazy things happening in the world with uh just people opening their eyes up to the fact that there is a lot of social inequity in the world and it freaking sucks um but it, it's it's life like we we get faced with these obstacles and then we have to deal with them and dealing with them isn't going to like the expectations can't be that everything is going to go perfect we kind of have to brace right. ourselves to like look silly or mess up or fall down but then we need the tools in the toolbox to get back up so it kind of sounds <clears throat> like the first instance there might not have been like your your peak or anything like this is when you were getting your bearings this is when you're getting a new environment and like feeling feeling out the industry and finding finding your people um what was your first uh step up the the staircase for like finding people that kind of made you feel badass or um just getting getting in your your wheelhouse of of training oh wow um so i think it was so my first my first move to new york city was a very short one um i was there for a little under a year and then I had to reposition myself back in upstate New York, where I'm originally from. And it was there when I actually got around friends of mine who also have excelled in the fitness industry. And I worked uh, as a coach at a local gym in my hometown. And I was super fortunate because I had countless friends, including one of my, my biggest mentor, who is known as arguably one of the best strength and conditioning coaches that, that I ever had. His name is Richie Altieri. Um, and I, I honestly want to say being underneath his wing, having him be 
there to kind of control the show. Uh, I think it was it was his guidance and then just everyone around me within the fitness industry that kind of helped me get on track, be around good people, improve my game as a coach to kind of propel me and get me get me ready for the next level. So it was good to come home, man. They, they say there's no place like home. And truly, like, home played a, a vital part in, like, me reassessing, getting my shit together, and, like, being able to come back and, and make a, a full stride. So, Love it. So we're hopping back in the good old time machine here because you talked about how you're pretty into fitness when your career started. So, like, what was pretty into fitness for you? Did you play sports as a kid? Did you uh, start working out when you were, like, 16? What was the story? Oh, shoot. My homies will laugh at me, man, because I never worked out when I played sports. Uh, I was a pretty good athlete. I played football. I played basketball all from when I was, you know, three, four years old, <clears throat> all throughout high school. Um, never touched the weight ever. I was like 150 pounds soaking wet. If the wind blew, I was probably going to fall over, that type of thing, um, which is obviously much different now. Um but I started tapping into working out probably when I was like maybe 19 or 20. Um, just kind of just picked it up. I think I think my energy, I realized that I was no longer the athlete that I was or it wasn't going to go to where I wanted it to be. We all, the majority of us, you know, as kids, we want to be in the NFL or the NBA or we want to go to these Division One schools and end up playing ball. And when I started to have to face the reality that that wasn't going to happen, like that wasn't God's plan for me. I still had to be in an athletic setting. I still had to make sure that I was doing something along those lines. Like I had, I needed to go to practice every day. So I think just working out and and doing that kind of made me feel like I was still within that setting. So that's that's kind of how that that picked up. So how did you choose the things that you ended up choosing? Everybody kind of finds their niche and like what they're interested in working out, or like they just kind of. They just start working out a certain way and there's always some kind of a reason. What was your reason and what was your way? Um, wow. This is why you have a good podcast, man, because you ask some good-ass questions. You know, honestly, to relate it back to the sports thing a little bit, like I just – I love that team atmosphere. So my favorite style of coaching is when I can get younger athletes – student athletes, when I can get in that setting and I can get a group of them and I'm able to coach them, that was probably my my favorite. That was probably my my calling because I was able to really do that in my hometown with the local the local high school on the male and female side. Um, and there's just no better feeling than that, dude. You know, like I still see these kids in the community today and they're all much older. You know, a lot of them have been, I had these kids when they were in, you know, freshmen in high school. Now they're just getting ready to get, to graduate college or they already have graduated college. They're all grown ups. They have jobs. They've grown up to be these mature adults. You know, they're all striving for something excellent. So I think that coaching setting was just my thing, man. I just, I enjoyed it and I still enjoy it to this day. Love it. And then like, as far as your, your workouts go, like, you do some, like, do you do more like strongman stuff or do you do um, Olympic lifting or do you do power lifting? Like what, what's your modality of choice? What do you enjoy the very, very most? Oh, wow. I mean, the videos on Instagram, man, those are just like, you know, once a month, little hype, hype reels. 
I'm about to be 31, so I don't really, I don't have it in me to to go that hard. Um, but no, we we take a functional approach. I mean, I, we we pretty much train the same way that we coach our clients. We train for longevity. Um, obviously, like the intensity might be a little bit higher just because our joints can tolerate it. But like we train smart and we we train for longevity. And aesthetically, that's always going to be something that that's going to be at the forefront, especially with the with the nice weather. But you and I both know that as far as aesthetics are concerned, mainly going to be your choice of nutrition. Um, the strongman was something that I got introduced to a while ago, probably like six years ago. Again, from the people that I grew up with, they were all heavily involved. So it was easy for me to transition to it because they were doing it. So I got free coaching all the time. Um, so I was able to, to complete about three, three different competitions. Um, not like Brian, Brian's done. He's went to nationals. I had a couple friends go to nationals and just be able to really excel at that. But I would say ultimately, like we just look to train for, for longevity and just to, you know, I want to be able to do the same thing now that I'm doing when I'm 60. So. Yeah. I'm on the exact same page. There's just kind of cool to hear people's process. Like for, for myself, it's like, yeah, like functional training and, you know, I want to be able to do stuff when I'm 80 and move my joints and go up and down stairs and then like win at arm wrestles and stuff, you know, like just the little things. Right. Right. And exactly. Exactly. So you talked about working with like youth, working with kids or just like kind of being part of the community. And that kind of like piqued my interest. I want to know what kind of makes you what makes you want to do that kind of work? be that just stuff on the side or just like a value that you have, what inspires you to feel that that is an important thing to do? Um, well, I mean, I think sometimes when we are pushed into situations, we start to realize, or when we're pushed into situations, we're forced to realize like this is like, meant for us and like this is actually what we're supposed to be doing i didn't necessarily go out looking to be involved in the community the way that i was with my friends it just kind of happened um and the backstory is and i'll keep it brief but so my my little cousin who was 16 years old he lost his life in our city now my city is not really known for violence my city's known for its economic struggles um but my city's also a pretty tight knit community, you know, like it, you know, there's a lot of support, but it's not known for his violence. So when he passed away in the manner that he did, he was murdered. Um, and essentially, especially with the times going on right now, you can, you can consider it a racial hate crime. Um, that happening forced me and my friends to stand up. And my cousin, when, when his life, when his life was taken, he had so many friends and like, again, he was 16. So he had friends a little bit older than him. He had friends a little bit younger. So like those, those friends, the community, those kids who were affected, they essentially became our responsibility. So we just knew that we had to do something. We had to do something for him and his friend who was also murdered. We had to make sure that their name continued to live on. So that was just God's way of saying like, boom. All right, you guys are up. And this is dating back to 2012, Chris. So, I mean, we're, it's 2020. 
I, I now live in New York City, so I'm not as involved as I was. But my my three friends, they they haven't stopped. The wheel has been spinning, and they've they've just done endless, countless things. They put a community center right in the in the downtown portion of our of our city. They have programs, recreational programs, tutoring. I mean, city cleanups. I mean, you you name it. We went from running a non for profit organization out the trunks of our car, literally out the trunks of our cars. So now they have a building with their name on it. That's a home for kids. You know what I mean? It's just when you're put in that situation, it's tough, but you you can't tap out. Like you feel responsible and you feel like you need to be committed. And that's just, you know, I'm I'm blessed. I'm I miss my cousin every day. We all do. But without him, without this happening to him, who knows if we take the stand that we have. So I mean it's 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 a blessing, dude, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's important to talk about. And I think, uh, yeah, like that can completely shape how a lot of things happen. A lot of uh, podcast topics that I talk about are through things that have happened in my life. Um, A lot of my values are shaped by people in my life. Like I know with everything happening now, I was pretty fired up because it's really easy for me to visualize like one of my trainer buddies in trouble. I mean, it's, you can simplify it really quick to think like, what if one of my trainer buddies went for a walk, you know? And it's like, that's, that's not okay. Like I want people to feel safe. And so I can, I can, uh, I can totally understand how important something like that is and how much it can uh, just shake up a life. Um, With that being said, like, does that impact like, what you do week to week is there certain things that you prioritize in your week or is there certain things that are part of your goals that sort of align with with how that's shaped you with with the loss of your cousin i i think as i've grown older um that emotion has shifted to a more productive and purposeful structure of my days and weeks. I think as I was a little bit younger and going into my mid-20s and maybe a little bit into my later 20s, I think that I actually tried to shelf it and I didn't necessarily put it into the to the right light. You know, I think that I was using things and putting myself in situations to kind of drown or block what was happening, you know, and I think we all do that. And I'm just happy that I can say and acknowledge the fact that I, I was having that feeling, but now I've passed it and I've reached, I reached a level of maturity and understanding that like, no, I need to take, I need to take that pain. I need to take that emotion and I need to put it to something better. So I would, I would say like on, on a day to day, I just, I try to remind myself if what I do every day is going to put me where I want to be in the next year. You know, and I try to also reflect and remember about the people who don't have the chance to do that because they're no longer here. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's hard, dude. Like you, I know you, you, you probably lost somebody before or you, you felt that. And it's, it's hard to remember that every day. You know what I mean? Like it's not that we don't still love the person or anything, but it's hard as time goes on. It's hard to remember and keep yourself disciplined. Like, you know what? That person no longer has this chance you do but like what the fuck are you gonna do about it you know what i mean so 
I just think now I'm blessed to understand that there's there's a chance for me. And every day I need, I need to make it count. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I try to be, internally, I try to recognize that. Absolutely. During this time of like COVID, pandemic, um, just everything in the world, and the yeah. the mental burden, the emotional burden, like a lot of people are feeling very, very heavy. Some people have always felt very heavy. White guys like me feeling extra heavy right now. Um, right. And something that I really notice and admire is your pretty strong friendship with uh, Brian. And one thing that stands out to me that I'm really proud of him for, and I'm just, I'm still a bit of a stranger. I mean, I've talked to him for an hour. I message him sometimes, but like he freaking took a stand for you. And I think that's beautiful. I think uh, the fact that he's going off on his social media and being like, look, like I got, I got a bro <laughs> and you got to look out for my bro here. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that is the bro that everybody needs. Like, how did you guys meet? Like, how did that bromance begin? Ah, uh, shoot. It's funny you say that, man, because every, everyone says it. Everyone calls it a bromance, and it is. That's that's my guy. Um, he's So when I was talking about the guys that were around me when I had to move back upstate and I worked at the local gym, he was one of the guys that was working there. Um, so we both grew up upstate New York. His town is like a 10-minute ride from my town. But the gym is, like, centrally located, so, like, people will come from both sides and – and uh, yeah, he's he's three years younger than me, but he I believe he was already hired when I came back. And um, we just do we just we kicked it off, man. Like we're both Gemini's, you know, his his birthday was a couple of days ago. Uh, very outgoing people like we just we love to talk and. We always felt like it just through our actions and our personalities and all that, like we just we thought we were related, you know, what I mean, but obviously we don't look anything alike and with the color of our skin, people wouldn't really believe that. So like, we would just, we just ran stepbrothers has been a thing before stepbrothers became a thing. Like we've been calling ourselves stepbrothers since 2014, you know? And, um, it's just grown, man. It's just, it's crazy how he's moved to New York. I've moved to New York and like, we've just been really blessed to like put this, put our ideas together finally. Uh, but that's my dude. He's a great, great person. And he's definitely not going to back down from saying, anything he wants, whether it's on Injustice Matters or fitness or if he wants to do a Yelp review on Trader Joe's, like he doesn't give a shit, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's my guy, man. He's an awesome, awesome dude. Well, it's important. Like if, if anybody out there wants to do a Yelp review on Trader Joe's, you do that Yelp review <laughs> on Trader Joe's. But like uh, <laughs> on a more serious note, it's like we got to be ourselves. Like we can't sell out. We can't try to be like somebody else. We got to own it. Whoever we are, we got to do that. We got to be it loud because you only get one chance. You get one opportunity. Um, Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Did you get that reference? Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's just like there's no sense in trying to sell out or try and make a whole bunch of money fast in this industry. It's about like the connections that you make and you got to have your homies. You got to have people in your corner for these times when it's like shit like does anybody got my back like was there ever a moment that aside from brian that you worry like does anybody got my back in this crazy situation or do you have a pretty good uh, community around you um honestly man it's i got an amazing community and my my hometown is is 
predominantly white, you know, starting to transcend to a little bit more Hispanic, but has been known for being a, a mainly white community. And let's in I don't even know if I if I stated this, like I'm I'm half white. Like my mother's white. My grandmother's white. These women, these women raised me. And it's a very unique situation when you have you have a white mother who is just as appalled and disgusted as your black great grandmother who has seen it all from the Great Depression to Jim Crow to civil rights to just you know, so it's like it's it's very unique. But as far as the community is concerned, I have a whole bunch of white friends and like they just they they stand for what's right and they always have. Like it's not just it's not just something that they're voicing now because it seems like the right thing to do. So I've been I've been super blessed with that. And including yourself. Like I've been seeing you and you know, just not to go on a tangent, but we're here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. For us, I think that social media, I don't know how you feel, and I'll, I'll ask the question to you, I guess. I'll play the host for a moment. But I feel like social media, we're able to kind of detect when somebody's doing something just for the social media. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent, yep. So I've been feeling with certain things that I've seen that's almost like certain people and I'm not questioning whether they stand for it or not. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to judge you, but certain things give me a vibe that this is like a popularity contest now. Like, let me be the one to say something and say that I stand and out of nowhere, you know what I mean? And it's just like, again, like there needs to be as much awareness on this thing as possible. Black folk are tired. They're tired, man. People are tired. My father's and myself and my cousins, they were all in a group chat. They've never been so active in a group chat Ever. I mean, they, I didn't even know they knew how to manage a group chat before. They've been going off. And it's just like, if you stand with it, you stand with it. But like, let's make sure that we stand with it when it's not cool, when the limelight's not on. The same people that are popping off now out of nowhere, are you going to continue to do that a year from now? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I've seen my friends, they're a great community. They've been standing by it. They've always stand by it. So it's never been a question. It's just for the people that are just getting educated and they're just starting to figure it out. It's just like, okay, fantastic, but keep that same energy two years from now. You know what I mean? So I feel like you might have seen it yourself. Yeah, no, I completely agree. One thing that I did was I went on Google and I was like, okay, how many days are in like, I don't know, like 60 years? Because this is a long game. Like this is, I mean, if I'm going to decide, oh, I'm going to advocate for my fellow human. Well, I got to plan for like 20,000 days of that shit. (laughs) Right. Yes, my brother. Thank you. Yes. And honestly, like if anybody's listening and they're like, how do I do that? Like, how do I make that like sustainable? And it's like, honestly, just make a whole bunch of friends. And if you have to make your friends on the internet, make your friends on the internet. But the more diverse your friend circle is, the easier it is because the more pissed off you get when bad things happen and then the less you have to try. Like, it's just, it comes naturally. Like you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, that could be my friend. I'm a little bit upset now. Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to vote differently? Do I have to buy different products? Do I have to like uninvest in this yeah. and reinvest in that? Like, it could be a matter of just no more Home Depot. Let's go to Lowe's, something like that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I love that, dude, because it is, there are many, many ways, but you just made it, you just made it very simple. You know what I mean? Simple is always the best for everyone in anything. But like, just, yeah, make more friends, get involved in other ethnicities and like, 
their their struggles, their communities, their their views, and like just bring it all together. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I like that, man. I like that a lot. So you talk about uh, you, like your heritage, mixed heritage. There's got to be some different family traditions. What's your favorite family tradition? Tell me more about what makes your you you like. What what's your favorite holiday? Stuff like that. Oh, definitely, um, definitely Christmas time. Christmas Eve, we used to go to my grandmother's on my father's side, and it was just the best. I mean, for the obvious, the food. God bless her soul. She could throw down. Um, and like, you know, it, it definitely wasn't the biggest apartment by any means, but we used to pack that thing, like pack, like totally would be against COVID right now. Cause we would have people shoulder to shoulder, you know what I mean? And um, it was so cool because that would be Christmas Eve. And then Christmas day, I would be with my mother. And then she would just, she would literally open the door and like whoever wanted to come in, like feel free to come in. And it was just, Dude, it was just people, man. It's just people. Like, I love being around people. The more people I can be around, the more full I feel. And, like, I just, I love the fact that my family as a whole was able to give me that in my childhood growing up. Like, it just made us look forward to those holidays all the time. For sure. Um, and then you talk about people and liking to be around people. I can relate there 100%. Like, one of the, my favorite things about this career is uh getting to be around different people throughout the day and like make those cool connections but then COVID-19 came and it's like no you cannot be around right. people like what was your experience like with that like did you have people that you were like hanging out with on a regular or did you find you were alone all the time or or what was it like as during COVID yeah I went from I went to pretty much being isolated um because but it was it was the best time so i was in i was in new york city and i was downplaying covid for a minute to be honest and then it started to get more serious and it started to get more serious and then it was march 18th i came back to my mother's and i'm still here currently this is her lovely living room and um so it was really just it's been just her and i dude for almost 90 days and yeah, obviously I was in New York City, so I was used to being surrounded by people all the time. But I don't know how people are going to view COVID. I don't know how people are going to view quarantine, I should say. Um, but I was telling my cousin, who's a social worker, we were just having a discussion. I told her these have been the best 90 days of my life, dude. Best 90 days of my life. And it's because I got time with my family. I got to realize what was important. I was able to establish a routine. I found out how the smallest thing I'm extremely grateful for. And I just hope that for everybody. Like, I think everyone, if they haven't done so yet, I hope everyone writes down what COVID has done for them. Bad days, good days, but like, I know that that list is going to be more positive than negative because it just, it forced us to tune in. It's like, it just forced us to check in. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was actually, God bless the health workers for holding it down and giving me the chance to just come back and reconnect and just kind of grow a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect way to, uh, to break it down. Like I, I think a lot of us have probably gone through some tough times, but we've also probably gained a lot of, of good things or learned some good things that we've had this whole time. Um, if you had to list them off, what would be like three things that really shone in your quarantine experience? Well, 
versus the establishment of Step Brothers. Um, Brian and I have been so busy with our own private client schedules that like we've been talking about this forever and we never put it on wax. So this made us sit down and get it together. So I would say Step Brothers. I would say the time with my mother. Um, she raised me, you know, so like just to get get that one-on-one -on -one time back at this length is just amazing. And checking back, checking back in with my city, man, like realizing that like, I got, you know, when you go to big cities, it's amazing, but sometimes you, you do feel alone in a big city, you know what I mean? And I think that it's normal for everyone. So when I came home, I got to really remember like, oh, these, these people love me. Like I can go next door and I can sit at the dinner table with them. Like, you know, so it, it refreshed me. So I, I would say those three things stuck out the most. I love that. And the cool full circle moment is like, I interviewed Brian at like the start of COVID. And so it's like, he was kind of mumbling. He was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start up something with, with my buddy. And I was like, oh, okay. And I never, I never anticipated something as entertaining as Step Brothers. I was like, okay, like he's gonna go get like the online training app and him and his buddy are gonna do it together. And it's just like, then you guys did like, some comedy routine it's just like it's been the most entertaining launch of a personal training service i've ever seen so what is it that inspires both of you to be so entertaining like i mean obviously it's great marketing but like what goes through your head when you're like we're gonna do a video of us uh pretending to drink bleach like what inspires that oh <laughs> uh, shoot um great question you know us being in the fitness industry, we've seen, I feel like we've seen every template of, of a of fitness business, you know, and what they want to offer and all that jazz. And I think us, we wanted to make sure that we obviously make it apparent of why training is important and why you should continue to be health conscious. But like, we didn't want it to be dry. And we also just like, that's just not how we are. Like, I can't, if I go out to dinner with strangers, you think I'm going to talk about one rep maxes the whole time? Like, get the fuck out of here. So, like, we don't, you know what I mean? And now there's a person across the table from me. Like, they don't want to hear that shit. So, I think us, we just really had to make sure that, like, our personalities and, like, our ability to, like, create these funny environments is, like, the reason that people check in with us. Because, honestly, anybody can tell you why you should squat. Anybody should tell you why you should drink water throughout the day. Like, we all know, we know that knowledge. Like, but nobody, not or not many people are able to create a space that welcomes everyone and has you just laughing your ass off. You know what I mean? Like if we were just chilling, you and I, like we would just be shooting the breeze and like that's just how it would be. So I think we just realized that like making sure we have the comedy aspect is probably the most important piece of why we can be different from others, you know? So we're going to keep it going. Oh, for sure. And I completely agree. I think uh, sometimes people forget like, our clients choose us probably more because of our jokes than our specific knowledge on progressive overload. Like if we got jokes, they're coming yeah. back. Like if we are fun to be around, right. they're coming back. And as long as we keep them safe and they kind of see some sort of progress, like for the most part, they're going to see a lot of progress. But then if they're laughing at the same time, having a good time, feeling good, um, they got some cool stories. Like one of my favorite things is I ask my clients, I'm like, Hey, you got any funny stories from the last couple of days? And then we just pause until they come up with a funny story. I mean, like 
I'll add on some time at the end of their session so they don't miss out on exercise. But we got to banter. Like, we got to have some kind of uh, something that makes us both chuckle, something that brightens our day. Because, like, that's one of the most important parts of working with people is treating them like people kind of thing. And if most people like to laugh, like, if we took a survey, I think majority of people like laughing. And so if we can bring more of that into the industry, I think that's great. And the, the fact that, like, you guys are just, like... It is extremely authentic. You, you talked about like skepticism towards in this time when everybody's wanting uh, to be social activists and stuff. And it's like, are they for real? Or is this what they're like yeah. six months ago and six months from now? Like, is this consistent or is this like, you know? And yeah, not, not to put anybody, to put pressure on anybody, but it's just like authenticity, transparency, just like, being like you but over an extended period of time like if it's kind of like you talked but you went back to like your hometown and you still felt like you could uh hang out for dinner at a neighbor's place and the reason a person would be able to feel like they can do that is because the core values that they've had have stayed intact for an extended amount of time which is incredibly important because like it's 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 like what happened at crossfit like uh, it took many years to build that up. It did not take long for that to go. Whew, God. Yep. And so it's just like uh, respecting people and being ourselves is, is so, so important in this industry. And so that's, that's why you're on this podcast because you respect people and you are yourself. Like I know that when I watch your posts, I'm like, this is what I'm going to get. Like if I went to New York and visited these guys, like this is, this is what I'll get. And it's awesome. It's cool. And so the next question that I have for you is, um, have you traveled? Tell, tell me if you've traveled, what's your favorite place that you traveled to? So I actually have probably my biggest, my biggest year traveling last year. Um, and I would say, It'd be a toss up. I, I went to New Orleans for Jazz Festival. Um, and it was my second time and talk about being around culture and different ethnicities and just completely opening your eyes to everything. Like that festival and their, that city and the way that they welcome people is, it's an experience. I just think every single person needs to have because it really, I feel like it's life changing. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go to to Barcelona um, last September, and that was just fascinating too. It was my first time to Europe, so just just the culture and everything that they had to offer was uh, was amazing. So obviously, travels will be on hold for a little bit. I mean, I see that they've started up a little bit, but um, I probably won't be traveling for a while. So I'm I'm happy that I just decided to to say yes and and go when I went. I asked to Barcelona with, with Brian, actually. So we had a great time. It was it was awesome. When you've traveled with Brian, what have you learned about him? Like I know when I've traveled with my buddies, I always or maybe I learned something about myself. So it can either be something you learned about him or something you learned about yourself. Because when you're in like a new situation with somebody, um and like you're getting lost or like you're spending way too much time with that person. You tend to get introspective or perhaps um, somebody cracks and you're like, oh, 
oh, I didn't know that about you, but now I know it and it helps us. It builds our bond. What was your experience like with that? Yeah, that's the, yo, dude, your questions are on point. Um, I'll tell you one thing. One thing is that he cannot drive in LA. If you ever go to LA with Brian, do not let him drive because he is terrible. That's one. But on a positive, um, he 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 brings he brings structure to vacation. You know, so I've been on vacations where we're ready to have a good time, ready to get after it. And he he also does the same thing. Like he knows how to enjoy himself. He, he's there for the experience. But what I noticed from being on a couple of different trips with him is that he adds structure and he makes sure that when you come back that you gain something. And he does that through like having different things lined up that he wants to accomplish or see or whatever. And like, I'll be honest, he's actually helped me frame the way that I go places. You know what I mean? Instead of coming back with a hangover, which I've done many times. He's given me the, the insight, like, let's make sure we come back with something to to make us better, something to push us, something that that we know we can actually use. And uh, that's a true statement, man. So I've, that's I would say that's what I've I've seen him do. And it's he's helped me in that regard as well. And you talk about things that make you better and things that you can use. Is there one thing that kind of comes to mind, something that you've like upgraded yourself in, in, within your travels? Hmm. Maybe journaling. I would say, I, yeah, I would probably have to go with the journaling and writing, writing that down, you know, writing those experiences down or those thoughts down and bringing that back over because I have a terrible memory as is. So being able to take that moment from when I was away and still have it to reflect and kind of like, feel, oh, okay, I thought about this. It's like, you know, health with creativity and like whatever ideas. So I would I would say journaling and I'm going to try to continue to journal as I move forward with traveling. I think it's just really, really helpful. Do you apply any journaling to your day to day now? Like or is it just like, has it been a continuous thing that you've done ever since that trip? Or do you just do it when you travel or, or what's what's the situation with your with your journal thing? Right. Um, so I tried to take the journaling from traveling back into my regiment when I got to New York and I started off hot and I fell off. Since being home, I've done it. I actually have it right here. It's, a, it's, it's been every day, you know, and it's really helped. And I know Tim Ferriss talks about like morning pages and, you know, just he calls it like word vomit and just putting it, you know, putting your thoughts on the page, whether it really means something or not, just to help kind of get you going. And I, uh, I think journaling has been fantastic. And I've started to do things called small wins. And it's something as simple as like making your bed or shooting out a text to a friend that you used to forget about. And I'll write that stuff down. And at the end of the day, when I look at it, it's a, it's a laundry list of small things that we may not necessarily call or label them a win. But truthfully, if you look at it, like a productive day, you know what I mean? You called your friend, you, you sent these emails, you cut the grass, you know, you, you prepared your lunch. We, sometimes we feel like if it's not this huge, huge accomplishment, like we didn't do shit throughout the day, 
And personally, I feel like that'll hurt my self-esteem and confidence moving forward. So I need to look at more micro than macro. And uh, journaling and writing those those things down has, has definitely been helpful. Well, I mean, that's an important thing to bring up on, on a fitness podcast such as this, because like people are going to kind of look us up and down. And they're going to be like, I don't know if those guys journal. They they kind of seem like they might oh. journal, but I don't know. And like I, I also have like a book full of just crazy notes and it's just like pretty much everything that's on my mind everything that i'm working on things that i forget because i'm forgetful too so i have to write down like what day is it okay it's wednesday all right good start and then i have to be like okay do i have to do my laundry yeah i should probably do that and like you said you're living off of your little wins but like i can't remember where i heard it but it's just like the more little wins you gather the better positions you are to approach like the big wins like if we're just beating ourselves down to the ground because we can't brush our teeth and we're not getting that little win of brushing our teeth, um, there's not a very good chance that we're going to go and start an online training business like like Step Brothers. And so if we've gathered, like we were like, okay, here we go. I had my coffee. I made my bed. I did my laundry. I put socks on. We're winning so far. We are winning. Know what else we can do? Start an online training business. Like just little mentality things like things to get us so that we believe in ourselves because if there was an industry where people sometimes have to really work at believing themselves it's definitely training because like pandemic hits and i was like oh now what do i do like (laughs) right because a a lot of us i mean it's it's a mix there's hybrid trainers there's fully online trainers there's all in-person trainers and everybody's like a mix of one or the other but we all kind of relied on gyms in some way, whether it be for our sanity, our income, or just um, structure, just to have four walls to walk into, to see your friends, see your homies, see the trap bar. Like if there's anything I miss, it's the trap bar right now. But uh, amen. yeah, like essentially just to kind of have that ability to be like, oh, hell yeah, I can, that goal is big. It's a bit scary, but I can do it because like I put on socks today. And then when we're talking about goals, <laughs> when we're talking about goals, what what were your goals January 2020? Like before you knew what this year was going to be, before we knew about the killer hornets that have uh, unleashed amongst the world. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's funny because my, my mom gave me a Christmas card and you know, I I'm big on that. I keep cards, you know, I, I keep everything in that regard. And she said, you know, make, make 2020 a year. And I have, you know, I have three whiteboards in my room. You know, I had a financial goal that was definitely from January, starting January, I was definitely on stride to hit, um, maybe surpass, but COVID obviously took its place. Um, secondly was, to get some sort of business going. So I had interest in actually starting like a sports podcast. Um, and it, honestly, it didn't, it didn't go through the way I wanted to. But what ended up happening is Step Brothers took its place. And that was the third thing. And Brian was on there and it was for us to kind of create something. So the financial goal didn't necessarily happen. The sports podcast that I was looking forward to didn't necessarily happen. Step Brothers takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and truthfully, 
I don't think that I would be able to even do the sports podcast with what Brian and I have going on. So I'm uh, I'm happy for it. Is it where I thought it might be January 1st, 2020? Hell no. But it's off the ground. It's running. And to your to your comments, it's running efficiently because of us making sure that we have those small wins throughout the day. And like we make sure that we don't we don't miss it. So the ball the ball's hot, baby. The ball's hot. Yeah, well I can like I could probably list off everybody that's ever been on the podcast and go up to them and be like, What were your goals for January? And did you achieve them? Like it's gonna happen so <laughs> often. They could be like, No. Oh, it's true. No, I didn't I didn't do it. Like and it's just natural. <laughs> we we have to yeah. accept the fact that like nothing nothing is going to go according to plan and even in like 2021 everything could be nice and smooth everything could be just the way we want it but if we wake up in the morning and we think everything's going to go the way we envision it like not necessarily we're gonna have to be prepared to pivot and reorganize and like think on our toes and like if we have 10 clients in a day and five are sick what do we do we get over it like we do we fill up that time we do whatever we have to do to make the best of the next day. And so a larger scale three month period of time should be no different. And like a five year period of time should be no different. Like when you go and you get a mortgage, it's like a five year term, two year term. And you don't know what's going to happen with like damages to the property or anything like that. But you uh, wake up each day and you're like, I got a house, man. Like I got a place, a roof over my head and we're going to be okay. And even if the place burns down, like things work out. I mean, bit of a tangent there but it's just like we need to take everything that we've learned during this time and apply it to make us more bulletproof when we go out into the world of like 2025 or 2030 or maybe one day we're each like coming back to the podcast and we got like 10 kids and uh we're like okay how do we uh take these kids to soccer when uh brian can't drive <laughs> like um but yeah no it's gonna it's, be real yeah uh, but essentially reining it back in from from the tangent that i've gone off on um if there was one thing that made you the happiest in the last week what was that one thing and why did it make you so happy Thought I did a good job preparing, man. You might have you might have stumped me. Um, one thing that made me happy in the last week, you know, I've been I've been doing some hiking lately, and again, yeah, you know, in, in upstate New York, you could choose to hike whenever you want. You have full access, and I and I never did, and uh, it's just been. It's been awesome for me to just take the phone and disconnect and just be out in nature. I would probably say going. I, I hiked Giant Mountain. It's considered like one of the twelfth highest peaks in the Adirondacks, you know. Um, and for me, that it just gave me a whole lot of peace. So I would probably say that was that was probably one of my one of my happier moments this week. And the cool thing is. Um, let's say 2020 went according to plan and like you were really focused on that financial goal and you were maybe still like in, in New York or like whatever the case may be, your environment might've been different. Would you have in your journal put in 
all right, this week, um, I need to go on a hike. Like, would you have planned that? No, probably not. Probably not. I, I think being here and, and realizing that I have the access to it helped. Um, I, you know, if I if I were to have stayed in New York City during this, I, I'm not sure I would be forced to overcome. I'd be forced to adapt like many others have who have stayed there. But I'm, I'm not sure. It would just. I'm fortunate that I have a place to come to and kind of just with space and just like give myself a, a deep breath and a vision, you know? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have journaled that in New York City. And that, quite frankly, I don't know how I would have, how I would have pushed forward. You know, it would, I think it would have been much, 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 much more challenging if I had stayed. For sure. I think something like I've, I've learned myself that like, uh, part of this whole experience is, is showing us something like kind of showing us like, look, like in order to get like the diamond at the end of the tunnel or, or whatever it is, the reward at uh, whatever our purpose in life, we're, we're all doing it in the pursuit of happiness we're, we want to um, better ourselves, but it's kind of like those small wins. And sometimes that revolves around things that are like experiences. And when you reflected on like this hike, and how that was like after a lot of thought that was the thing that stood out to you most where you felt the happiest my my like challenge is like we gotta we gotta prioritize that stuff like as as people in this industry where we put so much of ourselves into other people who are we if we aren't happy one day of the week like if we know exactly what makes us happy and we're not planning that like now we know going forward, like maybe maybe we lose out on like a $300 day of clients to go out, to go for a hike, go to the mountains and like fill yep. our bucket. I think I think that's important. I think it's important to, to advocate for because perhaps some people might do some of their own reflection. They'll be like, okay, so what did I do? Okay, so it was time spent like with, with my mom and dad or it was time spent with like, a wife or time spent with like a partner or whatever a person's situation may be. Cause we each have different things that kind of like make us feel warm and fuzzy and that yeah. needs to be planned. It needs to be planned just like we plan our workouts, just like we plan our nutrition, just like we plan everything. Dude, you just, you just dropped some, you just dropped some gems on me, bro. I, I love listening to you just now. It's so crazy, and it's so crazy that you say that, and it's just good to, like, when you hear someone say the thoughts that you have, and you are, you're right, bro. We're in the business of being there for people, and we, we took on that responsibility when we decided to be coaches. And obviously, we enjoy doing it, because we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy it. But if we don't have that self-happiness that carries over into our sessions, our clients are very aware and obviously it's just not it's just not a space you want to be in. So when you say scheduling that time, you, you hit it spot on, bro. You hit it spot on. And I love that you said that because you're giving me notes and I'm gonna make sure that I transfer that over because it feels good. When I say it, it's one thing, but when you hear it from someone else, it's reconfirmed. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Like I mean, that's what this is all about. I'm just like a hippy dippy trainer that basically talks to everybody on the internet and then maybe uh we bounce back and forth and come out of it better. <laughs> yeah. 
No, hundred percent, bro. That's you know, and I and I knew that coming into this to this pod, and again, like I'm just I'm honored that that you asked me to be on. You know, what I mean, you're a cool dude, and this is this is the first time that we ever spoke. You know, what I mean, but quite frankly, I feel like I've known you for a little minute, and that's just an authentic, organic type of type of vibe. Like you can't you can't fake that shit. So you know, I I appreciate it, bro. You bet. So I have two final questions for you. And the second and last question is, if you could give a piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, and we're talking like to the fullest, maxing out completely, what would that piece of advice be? I did did a little homework. I saw that you asked Samaj this, and I loved his answer. Uh, I believe he said something along the lines of, do something that is extremely uncomfortable, which I agree with. Um, so I would say, Chris, really, really sit down after the day, after the day that you had, sit down, look at your day, every piece of your day. Is this the type of day that's going to get you where you want to be in a year from now? And I know I may have alluded to that earlier, but like, if you did four hours of scrolling Instagram and looking at everybody else's life, is that are those four hours going to be helpful to you buying the house that you want, getting the job that you desire, all that? So really look at your day and don't and don't lie to yourself. You know what I'm saying? And don't also let's not don't treat ourselves like victims. All right, we got to be a little bit more tougher. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not the world's fault. Like we got to take some some accountability on our own. So have a day. You might even think that you had the best day, but look at it. Then look at the other sheet of paper that says where you want to be 365 days from now. Does the shit on the left match with the shit on the right? And if it does, keep trucking, baby. But if it doesn't, then make adjustments and surround yourself around people who are going to help you make those adjustments. That's my advice. I love it. And then part two, and you'll probably know what's coming. You're going to give my audience a challenge for the day. So you get to make it up. It can be any challenge that you want. But you're going to say your challenge for the day is, and then just give her. Oh, this is this is easy, man. This is just how I am. Um, the challenge for the day is you're going to tell five people that you love them. That's it. Five people. Call them. Text them. Don't send them a DM. You should call them. It sounds better when, when they hear it. So I need, I need you to call five people today. Tell them that you love them. And that's it. That's the best challenge ever. I think that that's good. We can't do that enough. And especially in these times, people need to hear that. And like, even if you're using a voice memo, like DMs have voice memos. We can do that shit too. Bang. There you go. You're right. See, leave a voice memo. Do something, but let them hear you because those words mean a lot. So thanks so much for joining me today. It's been awesome to, to like get to know you. Dude, no, thank you, bro. The pleasure's been mine. And again, like I really, I really appreciate you uh, asking me to be on. And I look forward to keeping this this bond and this friendship rolling in the future, homie.